Hey, Money Bosses, welcome back. So this is our deep dive session. Hi, Linda, good to have you. We're still chatting about protection of our wealth. And so in the first session, if you haven't watched it, go back and check it out. We're, we've covered the three different areas where all of us can find something to do um, at least once a year. So that's, that's as much as I'm gonna give away, at least on, on recap for the first session, but we talked about making sure we have proper protection for our wheels, our walls and our wealth. I just love this. <laughs> Linda, I know you're so smart. You came up with this easy to understand um, acronym. I'll call it an acronym. But in this session, we really want to talk about best practices. So, okay, we've got the, the insurance coverage. We know we need to look at it from time to time. Let's talk about what really goes, to, goes into uh, build, you know, building those policies and how do we like have intelligent conversations with our insurance agent. Because I certainly have been there where I didn't know what I was asking and I didn't know what he was he or she were telling me. So please take it away. Welcome back. Thank you so much for having me. And I can't wait um, to talk about where we need to start. So, and some best practices. So a rule of thumb for you um, consumers is take all of your assets, add them together, subtract your debts. And that's um, what Anna might refer to is your net worth. And so a good rule of thumb is to make sure that in the event of an incident that you're covering your wealth, you're covering your assets. What are you most concerned about? So that's a rule of thumb that I like to begin with is understanding, you know, what my customers have and what I need to protect and what's most important to them. What I feel might be important might not be important to them. So it's really important that you communicate, you know, based on these numbers, because let me tell you what the numbers represent. So you probably have your insurance policy in front of you. If you don't bring it out, it, it works better as we're side by side and having this conversation, this, this relationship. But if you look at those different numbers that are on your policy, I want you to think about um, that they represent different bank accounts. So those numbers on your policy is the maximum amount that your insurance company is going to pay. It's a maximum amount that's gonna come out of the insurance company's bank account on a, on a given claim or a covered peril. Anything in excess of those numbers is coming from your bank account. Mm -hmm. So I want you to decide you know, um, how big those numbers need to be for you to be comfortable and sleep well at night. <laughs> So something to consider. So your rule of thumb is make sure that your limits adequately protect um, the assets you're trying to uh, protect. And the next thing is really being realistic in terms of what you're willing to protect and also your deductibles. So that gets me into where do you find this information? How do you know what you currently have? And what do you need to do to make sure you're properly covered? So we have talked about you know, an insurance policy and one of the primary pieces of paper in that policy is called a declarations page. And it's exactly what it's saying. It's declaring to you and to the insurance company about what is being protected. And I really want you to look at these things because so often the only thing our eyesight goes to is the price. <laughs> but we didn't look at what we were paying for. And I want you to really read those, um, that declarations page because it's declaring the property or the vehicles that it is um, covering. It's, re it's stating um, the maximum amount for certain types of things. It's also declaring under what conditions it might pay for it. 
And an example might be, let's talk about your homeowners or your renters policy. Um, there might be a section in there that's called contents or personal property, right? It might say that it's an actual cash value or a replacement cost type of um, coverage. Why is that important? Well, to a consumer, if they're looking at the price, one is less expensive than the other. The actual cash value proper, uh, policy is going to be less expensive. At claim time, it's going to cost you more. And here's the reason why. So whether you're a renter or you're a homeowner, you'll have your personal contents. And the way I like to explain personal contents is if you flipped up your property upside down, anything that's not bolted in or screwed in or built in that falls to the ground, we call that personal property. Could be your clothes, your shoes, your furniture, any number of things like that. And so if you had an actual cash value policy, it would pay you on a depreciated basis. So maybe that television cost you $600 uh, when you first bought it. And now that television um, costs, you know, maybe it's 800 because it has some fancy, you know, uh, programming in it but you have an actual cash value and now they're only going to give you 300 because they depreciated it. If you had a replacement cost policy, you get the full 800 that it would cost to replace it. So something really important to understand because again, cheap can be expensive on the long side. <laughs> so you really want to think about that. What are you saving on, on the temporary? Is it better for you to pay an extra, you know, 10 or 20 or $50, you know, for that uh, replacement cost? Um, to save yourself thousands at claim time. So something to consider. Another thing, you know, when we're looking at that um, declarations page, it's declaring, we talk, you know, in terms of a home or uh, homeowner's policy, it's stating that the actual address that it's um, protecting, it's telling you the dwelling amount, the amount of coverage that you have for your home. And something that people usually, you know, look at it and go, well, that my, my house did not cost that. Why are you insuring it for that? Well, there's different um, values and it's really important. You know, the, the price that you bought your home for is market value. It's what a buyer and seller agreed to purchase, you know, for that purchase. It has nothing to do with what it costs to rebuild your home, mm -hmm. right? Even if you built your home, maybe it's depending upon that. Sometimes people will say, I could build that home for like, you know, 20,000 less than that. Well, imagine a peril, uh, for example, a large storm, or in the case of, you know, Anna with all those wildfires, uh, materials become very scarce. Uh, even during COVID right now, the, there are several manufacturers, whether it's lumber, concrete, um, even shingles of a roof, um, different, you know, different suppliers are having low inventory. It's difficult to get things. And so the cost of materials, even the cost of labor can increase during certain time periods. And so remember, when you see those fluctuations in the replacement costs, it's taking into account the things that are happening geographically in your area from year to year. And it might be the cost of labor, materials, permits, debris removal. It could be any number of things that are built into that dwelling amount that we forget about. So remember, it's not the same as your market, you know, the cost of buying your home. It, takes into all these other things into account. And then when you talk about your personal property, you know, um, we've already talked about um, 
you know, replacement cost and actual cash value. Your home will also have a section called other structures. And remember, if you have uh, a fence, if you have um, maybe an outbuilding or a storage uh, building on your property, it's going to cover things that are not attached to your home, but are other structures uh, on your property. Really important. Remember, all these things start to add up. You want to make sure that those things are covered. I had a customer recently that built um, a workshop on her land and um, called in to let me know that she spent, you know, it was in excess of $50,000. Well, oftentimes, remember, all those coverages are usually a percentage of your dwelling amount. So we had to readjust her dwelling amount because that cost of that workshop exceeded the normal percentages that we would apply for other structures. So make sure that if you're doing any changes to your home that your agent knows about it and perhaps needs to revise those um, limits. Um, another thing that frequently happens too is let's just say that you decide to remodel your home. Well, remember that we're insuring it as we understand it. And if you've made modifications to your home, you've added square footage, you've remodeled your kitchen um, and upgraded a lot of things, you want, you know, in case of a covered peril, a fire, or perhaps you've had, you know, a, um, a severe storm that damaged your interior, you want your home built back the way that you've invested in. You want all of those upgrades to be, um, to be replaced as, instead of going back to what your property was prior to. So it's important that you update your agent and you update all the things on your policies to reflect those changes. Otherwise, you're shortchanging yourself and you're not going to have that covered in uh, a claim situation. Yeah, it's a good, uh, it's a good comment, uh, Linda. It's, I think anytime anyone says remodel, the light bulb should go up. Uh-oh, I need to call my insurance agent and let them know this is what I'm doing. And it may not be, I've had that happen before. It may not be anything that needs to be significantly changed, but at least they could advise you um, if it is. Absolutely. Um, something to consider too. Remember, another part of your policy involves medical liability. And so if you um, have guests on your property and that get injured, that can be a very costly venture. Um, so you want to make sure that that trip to the ER that you've got to go and pay for does not cause financial ruin and that you take a look at your um, medical liability limits on your homeowner's policy so that you are protected in that event. Um, again, it's so easy, you know, to think about the work at the best case scenarios, but just imagine someone's, you know, shoe gets caught in um, the carpet or you, you know, it's particularly slick out there with rains or sleet and they um, slide and fall on the stairs or the sidewalk. Something that, you know, uh, looks innocent one day can be a hazard the next day. Um, even um, children, you know, just innocently playing around can become injured and that's your financial responsibility if it happens on your property. Um, I wanna share a quick story because we always think that these things never happen, but we had um, a, a customer, he was, uh, mowing his lawn and a, a rock flew from under the lawnmower and actually hit a child that was playing oh. in the yard nearby. And so he was financially liable uh, for um, that, um, um, that injury to that child that needed stitches, you know. Mm -hmm. And so mind you, it could be any number of things that we don't think about. 
Yes, no, it's it's a good example. I'm taking that for, for sure <laughs> to explain to my clients because the best I could come up in the past was like, well, somebody tripped and fell, you know, at, at, you know, at the doorsteps. That's like, that's not really drastic, but the child example, oh gosh. Yes, for sure. What, are there any limits? I know like a lot of policies that I look ha at have like a thousand dollars or like, it, does it depend or do you recommend like a certain limit for, for this liability protection? Okay, so each of those limits usually has a percentage that it's like a percentage off of your dwelling amount. So your contents coverage could be 60%. Every state has a different um, set mm -hmm. of rules and regulations. So for example, in the state of Texas, um, contents coverage is generally 60% off of your, um, we start off at that, but you can adjust higher and lower. Mm -hmm. um, so everything is a percentage off of your dwelling amount and you'd have to check with your particular state to see where it would start off and if you're able to go lower or higher and what that would look like. Uh, another thing I think is really important is to look at your deductible. So remember that we talked about all these numbers represent things in terms of bank accounts, right? So some of them are off of your insurance carrier's bank account, some of them are yours. A deductible is your bank account. So that's got to be satisfied, just like health, um, like your health insurance policy. That deductible has to be satisfied prior to um, uh, the insurance carrier paying your claim. So for example, um, if you have a 1% deductible, it's going to give you one, you know, it'll say 1% on your declarations page. It'll usually tell you the amount that has to be satisfied before a claim starts to be um, paid by your insurance carrier. Be mindful, you know, I've seen, um, I've seen insurance policies where someone's bringing it to me for me to look at and give advice to. And I'll ask them, you know, do you know what your deductible is? And they'll tell me what, what they know and it's not. <laughs> Yeah. because they never read it they never read it and um and it, it might you know scare them knowing that before anything happened it was listed at two percent or five percent which can be large numbers depending upon you know your dwelling amount right so maybe you have a three hundred thousand dollar house and you have a five percent deductible it doesn't start paying on anything until you've satisfied fifteen thousand dollars if it's a five percent you know deductible um but unfortunately i call it buyer beware you know, make sure that you're reading your policy. Um, it could be a very innocent mistake with someone type like a typo. It could be something more nefarious or someone is, you know, you know, going in and actually typing something to get your business and not going over that information with you, right? And honoring what you, you said, you know, that you wanted on your policy. So buyer beware, um, trust, but verify, yeah. check your policy. Love that. I love that. Um, so how about we spend a little bit of time um, talking about the same types of coverages or the same type of sections that exist on auto policy. I think a lot of our listeners today definitely um, could take some notes. Oh, absolutely. Okay. One of my favorite policies. I know. Yeah, I near to my heart. <laughs> so um, something to think about. So your auto policy has, um, it's broken down into a couple different coverages. I call the first part other party. So it um, helps protect you if you hit somebody else, 
right? So in terms of that, remember, you might see um, three different numbers, right? Um, and they're uh, divided out by or separated by a slash. So that first number in your auto policy for other person's coverage is the maximum amount that your carrier uh, will pay for um, if you injure someone. The second number is, and, and that is for one person. And the second number represents the most that they will pay out for um, injuries um, that you caused um, to, let's say, a carload of people. So whether it's one per, you know, whether it's three or four or two people, the maximum amount that they're going to pay. So hopefully all those injuries are under that amount. And, and then the last um, number represents something we call property damage, which is kind of a nebulous term because it could mean um, you hitting a vehicle, it could mean you hit um, a building, a home, uh, it could mean you hitting um, a guardrail or even um, a utility pole. Um, so one of our customers, um, they lent their vehicle to their daughter and daughter was texting and driving and hit a utility pole. It knocked out the electric in uh, one grid and also it was fiber optics line. So um, that was over $100,000 of property damage, mm -hmm. um, right? She didn't hit another car, but she hit property. So something to consider. Again, I want you to think about the worst case scenarios um, and your worst day, not your best day. That, you know, that's why we call them accidents. We don't like write on our calendar, this is the day I'm gonna hit something. <laughs> and so I want you to go and make sure that your, um, that your policy genuinely reflects the assets you want to protect. Is it easier to pay, you know, um, $800 or $1,200 or whatever it is um, every six months or $100 or $200 a month for your car insurance? Or is it easier to pay $100,000 out of pocket? Which one sounds better to you? <laughs> mm -hmm. So I'm going to go with B, you know, uh, have your insurance carrier pay that. So I'm exchanging this amount of money for um, the ability to protect me against this type of loss. And to me, that's a good trade-off. So remember, you know, we're, we just talked about other party. Now we wanna talk about what happens to you, right? We talked about that scenario in, the, in episode one where I was hit by an uninsured driver. Mm -hmm. And that was such a critical component for me in terms of really wanting to understand insurance because it impacted me personally. So imagine, you know, that um, 29, over 29 million of your favorite people out there, your closest friends are driving without insurance. Now imagine another segment of the population is driving with low, low limits, perhaps not adequate enough to compensate you if you were in my scenario where I was in a wheelchair for a year, I couldn't work. Um, and I was in rehab, you know, physical therapy all the time. And my medical bills were just astronomical. And mind you, that person didn't have anything, no assets to recover from. So that would go back to uninsured and uninsured motorist. And so that's a vital uh, piece that you want to not overlook. Make sure you have adequate coverage. So don't, don't rely on that other person having the right coverages. You want to make sure that you have enough to protect yourself in the event that something like this happens. Um, you know, remember that your policy also 
you know, if you hit someone if, um, and you're covering their damages, your policy also has the ability to repair your vehicle. So you wanna look at whether or not your vehicle, you know, decide what kind of uh, protection you want in terms of your vehicle. Perhaps you have an older vehicle and sometimes people will say, you know, well, my vehicle's not worth a lot. And I ask them like, is it worth a down payment for a new vehicle? <laughs> so maybe, you know, so think about that. So you have an old vehicle and you don't wanna repair it, you know, if it goes into a total loss situation, you know, but if you neglect that coverage, um, you're gonna have to come up with your own down payment for a new car. So if you had coverage to repair your vehicle or something, some, you know, some sort of coverage, you could at least use that money um, as a down payment you know, for something newer. So remind yourself, you know, you wanna weigh the pros and the cons of paying that. Maybe you don't get that coverage, but you put away extra money every month into I call the emergency fund. Um, and, um, but if you're not very structured or disciplined, um, then go ahead and have that, you know, add that extra coverage. It's really up to you. Remember insurance is just another tool in your wealth toolbox and you decide what tools you need. And hopefully your agent um, is a good risk partner for you and to help you identify those potential pitfalls as Anna likes to call them or landmines. Uh -huh. and, you know, and they're that partner. They're gonna, um, their job is to help point out different things that could happen. Your job is to find out whether or not, you know, financially that's meaningful for you. And then together we build a policy that works to your benefit in those situations. Yes, Linda, thank you so much. This was definitely a um, very in-depth discussion. One other quick one I think we should address here because it does go really well with the home and auto and then the renters that we talked about. Um, it's my favorite, actually all of them are my favorite too. Um, you know, actually it's a funny story, but insurance, when I was going through my uh, studies for certified financial planner designation, I don't know why, but for some reason insurance and estate planning were my two favorite topics. <laughs> they still actually very much are. Um, so anyway, just thought I'd share that with you, why I geek out on these things. So um, the, the type of policy I thought that we could cover is called umbrella policy. So like, I like to give this example, like literally you have an umbrella sitting um, on the top of you that, that does what? So maybe you can um, give your, your, your view of it and how it's, um, it actually helps enhance uh, policies that already exist. Oh my gosh. Okay. So this is one of those policies that aren't, isn't self, you know, is not covered enough in my opinion. You know, I talked about um, in episode one, you don't have to be a millionaire to be sued like one. And so it's really important to understand your different risks. So remember that each policy has limits of um, how much, you know, what's the cap it will pay out in a certain type of situation. And so a personal umbrella stacks above that. So you're gonna have your limits for your home, you're gonna have your limits for your auto, and if a claim should happen that exceeds those limits, then you've got a safety net. So think about your umbrella, uh, your personal umbrella as a safety net, and it stacks above that and adds excess liability. And actually sometimes it's referred to as excess liability insurance. So I wanna give you an example um, that actually happened um, several years ago in my agency. So I had a gentleman um, who was a sales representative and he used to drive you know, from city to city. 
And on one particular um, day, he was driving from his home to uh, on the interstate going to across the border. So I live near Louisiana and he was driving um, on I-20 East to Louisiana to make an appointment. On the way to that appointment, um, he had um, suffered a heart attack and actually veered onto oncoming traffic. Mm-hmm. And while doing so, he passed away and then he hit a carload of young girls that were driving back from shopping in Shreveport. And so um, with that being said, he, um, the two young girls passed away and the third um, girl was in ICU. So we received a phone call later, you know, from our insured's wife um, stating that her husband passed away and what was happening and they, they have been served a lawsuit from the parents. Um, and now mind you, um, unbeknownst to her, you know, the lawsuit, um, the damages claimed in the lawsuit were in excess of her limits for her auto policy. And our attorney came on and said, you know, um, uh, you know, the damages they're seeking is this, this, and this. And I see from her auto policy, her um, bodily injury limits are this, you know, and it's not enough. And I said, did she tell you about the personal umbrella policy? It adds another million dollars with the coverage. And I, all I heard was someone passing out. <laughs> oh. um, she did not know her husband had actually put it in place. Oh, wow. Uh, a year prior. So it's something really important. Remember that when, you know, uh, God forbid that that something like that happened. But again, we don't, you know, we call them accidents. We don't prepare for them, you know, to have them, but we prepare to financially recover from them. Mm-hmm. And that's what insurance does. Your limits are going to be the maximum amount that um, that umbrella stacks uh, and adds to that. So maybe um, the limits on your auto policy are, and you're usually required to, um, to um, add to your limits for an auto policy or a homeowner's policy um, before you qualify for an umbrella. So it'll, it'll move up those limits and then add to it. So depending upon your state, those limits are gonna look a little bit different. So for ours, it'll add, you know, we might have a half a million dollars in auto, um, auto coverages, um, and then we would stack another million on top of it. And you'd be surprised at how little um, that expense is, depend, you know, in reference to how much coverage you're actually getting. It can be one of the least expensive policies you'll have, and then for that extra protection worth every penny. But I gave you a really good instance. I, um, another example that I have is uh, one of our insureds lent his vehicle to a son that was visiting for the holidays, and he um, took out the vehicle and did not see the pedestrian in the walk. Uh, the sidewalk, you know, so unfortunately he hit that pedestrian uh, that claim was open for several years because of all the surgeries that took place for that um, that injured pedestrian and and then he was never the same and that settled for a very large sum because again that person was injured for life there was no you know stepping back there's no rewind or pause uh, button in life and so um, with that being said that umbrella um, kicked in and helped cover the medical damages for that person for life yeah it's it's an amazing type of policy that like you said it's it's it's, it's almost like free I call it free because <laughs> you pay so little for for so much coverage and they're sold in one million increments correct 
Correct. Mm -hmm. Correct. Mm -hmm. um, starts off at 1 million and depending upon your assets, again, that's why you have to have that conversation. Um, you should be sharing your um, asset information with your um, risk manager, your agent. And if you don't feel comfortable, then you're with the wrong one. <laughs> Go to someone that's going to ask you these questions because ideally you want to pay for something that's going to be useful and helpful to you when you need it most, because we can't do anything after that claim is open, but we can certainly prevent, you know, that financial uh, loss and that mitigating that financial liability ahead of time. And we need to do that with asking the right questions and you need to be able to share that information with that individual who is your insurance agent. Yeah, I loved I loved the fact that you mentioned um, you know even before starting to go through through this exercise and looking at all this insurance protection, is sit down and look at, at your financial statement. What's your what are your assets? What are your liability? What is your net worth? It's like the first starting point. I think I, I think that's by far like the first step anyone can take. And these days there are these uh, apps you can download on your phone that track a lot of this information for you. So like if anything. Um, it, that's really, really easy to pull together. I like, I'll share one. I like uh, mint.com. I use it a lot for, for budgeting, um, but it does have an ability for you to pull your accounts together, investments. You can input your heart, uh, car and house and all of that stuff. So it's a, it's a pretty easy one and it, it updates it for you like overnight. So you have a fresh picture um, every time. Well, Linda, this, this has been really, really helpful. Um, any last minute thoughts before we close? Yes, something that people seldom um, remember to do, but so critical is take an inventory of all of your personal belongings. Um, a lot of times they'll take pictures, but they're stored at their property, which doesn't help if your property goes up in flames or something else happens or befalls it. So really important, go around um, with your smartphone and take photos, um, take video of each room, open drawers, open cabinets, open closets, take pictures of everything or video, even videotape or take pictures of serial numbers and save it to a cloud. There's lots and lots of programs out there, even email it to yourself um, so that in the event that something catastrophic happens, you have accessibility because I can tell you during claim time, um, the worst thing is that you've already gone through this traumatic experience and now you're having to recount what you've lost and it's a very difficult thing. So save yourself some time and effort, do it up front, so you have quick accessibility at the time that you need it most. Yes, I love that, I love that. Well, thank you so much again, Linda, for your time today. It's been amazing. I'd love for you to share how everyone can connect with you because I'm sure there's questions circling everybody's head right now as <laughs> they're listening to us. Absolutely, it's my pleasure. So you can find me at um, fullmanlawrence.com. That's F is in Frank, U-L-L-M-A-N-L-A-W-R-E-N-C-E.com. You can email me at Linda Fullman, L-I-N-D-A-F-U-L-L-M-A-N at allstate.com. And that's A-L-L-S-T-A-T-E. Or you can call me at 903 two nine seven eight six zero zero and i'm here to help you cover your assets <laughs> love it thank you so much again it's been it's been an amazing uh, session and yes please get in touch with linda and we'll li we'll link all the information in the show notes here too so um all right everybody see you soon thank you linda bye thank you.